St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. Welcome to another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. This is your host, Greg Lindbergh. And my guest on this episode is Dr. Randall Woodard, who is an associate professor of religion and theology uh, here at St. Leo. Dr. Woodard, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here, Greg. Absolutely. So I just have a few things I'd like to chat with you about today. Uh, first off, talk to me about uh, your background, you know, as far as religion and theology. What was kind of your first introduction to that that world, if you want to call it, and, uh, you know, how did you eventually get into higher education and teaching? Okay. Um, you know, initially I was attracted to uh, the study of theology for the power and for the money. Uh, and then when I found out that wasn't going to work out, I, uh, I, I kind of shifted gears. Uh, no, but to be honest, um, I grew up Catholic uh, with a great family. We would go to church every week, and it was something that was always of interest to me. I can remember being like nine or ten years old where Jehovah Witnesses would come to the door, and I'd be inviting him in and chatting with him. I, I always just found it fascinating to think about some of the bigger questions. Hmm. And then I, I really got immersed in it. I had uh, a high school teacher who's probably one of the biggest influences I've ever had in my life in terms, besides my, you know, my, my parents and siblings, just a, a man of deep faith and then an excellent teacher. And, and during high school, I, I think I got much more involved and much more active in my own faith and then really got interested in theology as an as a academic area. And I, I was very fortunate. He ended up uh, helping me get a sponsorship uh, because I, I couldn't have paid to go to the one college that he really recommended as one of the best places to study theology and, and really kind of actively live your faith. So it was wonderful. He ended up uh, finding someone who would support me and, and paid for my entire college degree. Hmm. And then things just kind of progressed from there. I had a, uh, one of my best friends go on to grad school at Providence College, and he really encouraged me to do it. I was working as a youth minister immediately after I graduated. And he just really pushed me, said, you would love this. It's something you'd be good at. Why don't you give it a shot? Uh, so I went and did my, my master's at Providence College, and he continued to be a great influence. He went on to get his doctorate at Duquesne, but also met uh, Dr. Michael Tasek, who's one of my colleagues here now at St. Leo at Providence College. And he was just, again, a, a tremendous influence, and he really encouraged me to go on for further studies. And again, you know, uh, said this is something I would be good at and enjoy. So I, I gave it a shot. I went and uh, did my PhD at Duquesne University, uh, thanks to Michael and my friend Dan, who really kind of encouraged it. And... Uh, taught for a while in the D.C. area and then went back and got a, a degree up in Canada where, where I grew up and my family was. And then I ended up at St. Leo just because uh, I ended up thinking I was going to end up in Ohio where family was. Hmm. So I only applied for two dream jobs outside of Ohio. One was in Central America and then one was here. And it was just St. Leo jumped out as an absolutely beautiful place to be. Uh, it's a small teaching focused school. Uh, it's got a, a beautiful Benedictine background and spirit. And then uh, the area, the, the focus on teaching, the small classroom sizes, and the idea that we're, we're here to really focus on students and their learning and really are trying to recruit people interested in teaching, uh, making a difference, really connecting with students and, and kind of being a part of a family. So by the time I, I got down here, saw the place, interviewed, uh, I was overjoyed when I was offered the job and I turned my back on a couple of other offers just to be at a place with this Benedictine tradition, the small student focus, uh, and, and a wonderful, wonderful uh, group of colleagues in my department. Right, very interesting. Uh, talk to me about your teaching style, and I know you have taught both you know, in the traditional classroom setting and also online classes. 
how would you describe your your style, your approach to a class, whether it be traditional or online? You know what, uh, the traditional, I'm the kind of teacher I would have hated when I was (laughs) an undergrad, um, because I was just kind of the wallflower that wanted to sit in the back of the room, just listen and take notes and and really not be uh, taking any risks or speaking much or, or really active and kind of engaged. I just wanted to sit there quietly, listen, you know, pass an exam and get out. And I found, especially through some uh, some of the, the one of the graduate degrees that I have is is focused on education and uh, higher education teaching, that I've I've kind of shifted and I've become that that person I hated. Where what we do is we're very active, and everybody's participating. And I found that uh, I do a lot of hard work to prepare for classes, but if I don't get students to do some of the heavy lifting and the heavy thinking and the heavy creation of of some of the content and and uh, active and engaged then a lot of times people just don't retain much information. Uh, they just kind of sit there quietly like I would have passively and not really kind of taking responsibility for their education. So I try as much as possible possible to really have a diverse set of, of strategies in a class where I'll lecture a little bit, but then we're processing, we're doing something with it, we're creating uh, something that ends up hopefully being a little bit more meaningful and, and uh, more well-retained. And it's amazing. When I first arrived here, I really had some doubts in online education. I had never participated in it myself. I'd never taught online. And I, I was amazed to find out, especially uh, in, in work with our, our university technology services and, and some of the other support structures here, that when designing and teaching online classes, you can pretty much do anything in an online class that you would do in an on-ground class. So mm-hmm. as much as possible, I try and have a lot of the um, active approaches, uh, and then with the online, you're removing time and space. So you're constantly involved in online discussions and checking in every day, asking questions, sharing ideas, challenging people a little bit, and uh, and making sure that people are really kind of getting the most out of it that they can. Right, right. Interesting. So I did want to touch on our two programs here that are kind of in your wheelhouse. Uh, first of all, our bachelor's program or bachelor of arts program in religion uh, if you could kind of just give me a, a broad, you know, basic overview of that program, and is it is it entirely on ground, or is there some online components of that? Sure. Um, for the undergrad, we do uh, the degree completely on ground and completely online. I so see. students, what they do is they uh, they go through uh, almost what you'd call like a, a traditional systematic theology degree. So you're getting uh, a piece of the Old Testament, you're getting a piece of the New Testament, you're getting a chunk of history. And then you're getting uh, an in-depth study in what is the church, the you know who is Christ and what was his mission, um, what are the sacraments, um, all those kind of things where you get really a broad brush of the entire kind of history of Judaism, Christianity, and, and how it's meaningful today. And then the master's degree is also uh, face-to-face and online. And additionally, we serve five different Catholic dioceses in the U.S. where uh, we uh, do the academic formation for their deacon formation programs. So we uh, end up teaching deacon candidates in Charleston, Richmond, uh, Savannah, St. Pete, and Orlando. And those end up being a little bit different. The uh, The program is, is very similar to what I just described for the undergrads, where it's a master's degree in systematic theology. So you get uh, a whole wide range of the courses from the Hebrew scripture, Christian scriptures, Christian history, sacraments, ecclesiology, you know, the, the same kind of things I just described. But the online and the on-ground um, flow a little bit differently. For the, uh, for the deacon candidates, we teach uh, these mammoth classes once a month, uh, so either eight hours in one day or we split it up in a few of the places, you know, four-hour Saturday, four-hour Sunday. 
uh, with interaction in between. And people are really getting a degree in um, contemporary Catholic theology. And of course, it's it's open and ecumenical. So we have a, a huge portion of non-Catholic Christian students that are doing it, uh, you know, to better lead their own church communities, um, either as Baptists or, or Lutherans or whatever it might be. And then uh, we try to form people in, in, in kind of a, a faith-seeking understanding perspective. So it's academic theology in the sense that it's rigorous and it's uh, that the standards are high for research and writing, but it's also from a posture of faith too. So it's it's inclusive of all, but it's it's really doing it from a perspective of you know faith-seeking understanding and really trying to draw individual students more deeply into their own faith, but while also embracing reason and philosophy and science and, and really raising um, difficult but important and essential questions for uh, the future of the church and the world. Right, I see. Uh, going back to the bachelor's program, uh, who would you say that that's really intended for as far as candidates, you know, prospective students? You know, we find a lot of the, the traditional students that we have on campus who end up being kind of the 18 to 22-year-olds, a lot of those folks, uh, uh, and, and a lot of our students double major too, so they might be an education major with a religion major, uh, they might be a psych religion major. So it's, it's a lot of people who have uh, grown up with a, a faith background and they either want to have some kind of career serving in, in, in a church position, or they want to kind of have that dual role where they might be uh, an education major and, and end up being an elementary school teacher, but they really thirst for that deeper knowledge of their faith, and they really want kind of the stronger, higher-level academic understanding rather than um, just relying on you know perhaps the Sunday school lessons that they had learned. They're, they're really hungry for kind of a higher approach and more information and uh, want to grow in their, in their love and service to the church. And what we find too is our online student body is a little bit different, and it, it kind of mirrors what you'd find across our whole board where students are a little bit older, uh, they might be in a military career, just finishing up with a military career. And a lot of those folks uh, end up, they're serving in some kind of volunteer position in their church, and maybe they do something else for a living. And they really realize I'm ignorant when it comes to the faith background that I wanna share with either the youth group I'm volunteering with, or maybe I'm teaching Sunday school, or Bible study Wednesday nights. So a lot of those students have other careers. Uh, you know, they've, they've done a, a full military career, and now as they're in a, a different part of their life, they really wanna go back and get a lot of the academic study so that they're better prepared to stand in front of uh, a youth group or a, a Bible study group on a weeknight and really have kind of a, a more formal authoritative, uh, you know, background and knowledge. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, and then talk to me about some examples of, you know, topics or specific courses uh, covered in the bachelor's program. Uh, so in the bachelor's, what people do is uh, they go through, you know, a, a much longer pr uh, process, the four-year process, rather than just the two-year master's. Uh, so most students will end up with uh, what we call kind of a basic foundational uh, class in what is Christianity. And then one of the, uh, there are a few of the classes that they take kind of at the lower level. So they, you know, the intro to the Hebrew scriptures, intro to the New Testament. Uh, we also have a, a great class in world religions. And what it does is uh, different Christian groups will look at other religions in very, very different ways. And kind of the, the typical Catholic approach is uh, with respect and dialogue. So we're looking at these other religions and what we hold in common. Um, how do we work together as brothers and sisters and how do we learn to respect more deeply our Jewish or Muslim or, or Buddhist or Hindu brothers and sisters? Um, and then people work through uh, a history class, which kind of takes a look at where is the birth of the church? What are some of the important uh, people and topics that have taken place? Uh, so you get that, that 
quick uh, 2,000-year stretch of what's happened in, in Christian history. Uh, we have a spirituality class. Um, we do the, the Christology class, which just ten, spends an entire semester just asking, who is the person of Jesus? What was the mission of Jesus? How is he Messiah? And how has he been understood You know, over 2,000 years of, of Christian history with some of the great thinkers that you would uh, encounter in a class like that? So how did uh, some of the early church fathers articulate the person of Jesus? What did Augustine say? You know, uh, How did Luther raise new questions? What did St. Thomas offer? And then what are some of the contemporary challenges uh, in the church? And then the students on ground end up doing um, an internship, which is not required for people off campus. So students have a fantastic opportunity to um, get experience under their belt. And we've had people work as youth ministers for a semester uh, or spend time in an elementary school, you know, working with the religious education office. Uh, had people do summer camps where they're working as missionaries. One, one last summer worked for Life Teen and, and spent the summer uh, ministering to high school students and then used that as the, the experience. And what it does is it really gives uh, what people call that peak experience. So you're really getting to apply this stuff, getting to live it, getting feedback about how well you've kind of pulled it all together. Uh, and it really, for a lot of people, ends up being a life-changing uh, experience where you realize I'm going to spend the rest of my life with high school students and I just fell in love with this. Or for some people, they find <laughs> out I'm, I'm never going into an elementary school or a high school again. Uh, so it ends up being a, a really good opportunity to dive right in, see what your skill sets are, and really reflect on yourself as, uh, as a practitioner. I see. And I know you kind of touched on it a little there, but as far as you know, specific career tracks with a bachelor's degree in religion, what would you say are some, some other examples? You know, it's a, it's a fascinating mix. Our majors uh, end up doing things like uh, education and youth ministry are, are probably two of our biggest, uh, so they get into to fields like that. There is also just an intense growth in terms of uh, jobs available in churches uh, and parishes because of some of the decline in uh, vowed religious. So there's less sisters typically, there are less priests, there are less monks and brothers. So a lot of the things that traditionally over a long period of time were done by uh, like vowed religious people are now done by lay people. So there's kind of an explosion in terms of the amount of jobs and, and the, the different types of ministry. Uh, we've had some people go and do uh, some foreign missions. So, uh, a couple of students have gone down to Haiti and, and worked down there. Uh, some mm -hmm. other students in Central America. And it, there's a, a fascinating kind of other branch off, and I've seen this with a lot of my friends who who studied theology with me as, as undergraduates 20 years ago. Religion ends up being just an absolutely fantastic major in the sense that it, it's teaching you transferable skills and some of the skills that employers want. So you walk out of uh, religion and also some of the other humanities with an incre incredible ability to communicate in written and oral, oral form. Uh, you're able to analyze things draw conclusions, solve problems. And a lot of people do uh, church careers for a little while and then move into an absolutely diverse uh, set of employment opportunities just because of uh, the soft skills that they have that are transferable into almost any other major. And you're hearing more and more when, when people are doing research about what kind of skills do employers want. Um, they really want thinkers and people who are able to solve problems and work apart as a part of a team rather than people that just have memorized you know, certain things. So religion is, is wonderful in the sense that it, uh, it's kind of a, a career opener for the future because of the, the, the wide variety of soft skills that you, you uh, gain during the, the studies. Right, right, very interesting. And then uh, transitioning to the Masters in Theology program that we offer, uh, am I understanding correctly that that is it's primarily online, but there is a potential, you know, on-ground component to that? 
Yeah, so we do. Uh, so what I mentioned before with all of the diaconate formation, we do that face to face. And we also do uh, what's called like a lay ministry, in, uh, pastoral ministry institute up in Richmond, Virginia. So that's a group of people who are uh, already involved in, in careers in the church. So it might be director of religious education or you know pastoral associates. So they end up getting their masters together as a cohort face to face. And, and we, we have a few locations where some of the students just from that, that area and diocese jump in with the deacon students. So in St. Pete, for example, uh, our local students from Tampa study alongside uh, the gentlemen and their wives who, who are in formation for the diaconate, getting their masters along with them. So we do the on ground uh, in those respects. But the, uh, besides the diaconate, the fastest growth has, has definitely been in the online platform. And what we're finding is we have huge groups of people who come from states without a Catholic university or a Catholic university would be too long of a drive. Uh, so they're turning to the online because it frees you up from uh, being stuck in a classroom that you drove an hour and a half to, you know, a couple of nights a week. And people are finding, uh, especially when you're working full time, you're raising a family, that the online ends up being a very attractive way to do it because time and space end up being kind of completely removed for you. So after the kids are in bed and after your papers are graded, you're able to, you know, to jump online. And what we try and do is uh, our online classes literally replicate exactly what we would be doing on ground. So the same assignments, the same teaching, the same uh, interaction, but just done in a way that, that uh, really effectively meets the needs of uh, kind of contemporary students that, that can't necessarily move to a new state to, to go to, you know, back to college uh, or have the time and, and uh, ability to drive somewhere and, and pull it off. Right. Very nice. What would you say are some of the, you know, some examples of courses or topics covered in this master's, this graduate program? Yeah, a lot of it mirrors uh, some of the traditional undergraduate because what we do is we offer really kind of a, a degree in systematic theology, which touches and spreads out to all of the branches. So rather than, you know, a master's degree in Christian ethics or, you know, uh, Hebrew scriptures or, or New Testament, what this program does is it introduces you to every single element of that. So you get, you know, the slice of history, the slice of ethics, the slice of social ethics without narrowing too broadly too early. So rather than walking away with 12 classes in ethics and really only be able to focus on, you know, that question or, or those set of questions, it introduces students to a wide variety of, of courses. So um, a lot of the ones that I mentioned already, but then we have some uh, specialized courses in youth ministry, uh, we've got one we're offering this summer on uh, St. Ignatius and Ignatian spirituality and spiritual direction. Uh, hmm. From time to time, we've got a, a special topic course in marriage and family. Um, so really kind of an interesting mix because we've really got a very strong, diverse faculty with uh, some real kind of unique interest in you know special topics and uh, you know more narrow things that we're able to do every now and then. Uh, but then generally, though, everyone's getting this this big picture 2000 year of Christian history and spirituality and, and sacramental thought uh, that gives you this really broad educational experience. Very nice. And then also, as far as career tracks, um, you know, what would one uh, potentially, what type of role would one want to attain uh, after completing this master's program? We've got kind of a, a really interesting mix. We've got uh, a lot of non-Catholic students, uh, so a lot of our, our other Christian brothers and sisters are already in ministry, and they're doing this, uh, some in, in fact are pastors and, and working in churches, uh, so they're doing this kind of as a, I'm already doing this and I need professionalization. And even a lot of the Catholic students uh, we find are in the same boat where 
perhaps their undergraduate degree was in business or math, uh, they start volunteering, they start teaching, you know, they're starting to work in churches and they find that they just don't feel confident and they haven't had any of the academic study or background. So it's people with just amazing hearts. They're volunteering a lot, they're doing all sorts of work and they realize I've got to go back and, and kind of fill up my tank so that I'm able to, to give it to other people. And then a lot of the students are uh, in, in probably one of two fields, so education or youth ministry. And they end up kind of feeling the exact same way where you know, they're, they're teaching high school and they really do want that kind of extra background and they, they're, they're already in love with the subject and the studies and they kind of realize, you know, I'm, I'm not inadequate, but I do have some weaknesses here that I'd love to fill out with uh, a more professionalized degree. And then we're finding uh, the exact same thing with our deacon candidates is the five dioceses that we work for, they require the deacons to either have uh, the master's degree in theology or pretty close to it before they get ordained. So there really is just kind of a new, uh, and I think very positive desire to professionalize church workers so that it's not just uh, somebody with a wonderful heart and a, and a great desire to, to share their faith, but it's somebody with that in addition to a real solid academic study of, of, of their faith so that they're able to better articulate it and better understand and better nuance some of the, uh, some of the big ideas that we, we struggle with as a, as a contemporary church. I see. Very nice. Uh, one other thing I did want to bring up, just to wrap up here, I know, in my opinion, what makes St. Leo unique is that we do have both Benedictine nuns and monks, you know, on campus and certainly in the in the area. And I'm just curious, do they have any involvement with either of these uh, theology and religion programs? And if so, what you know, what what extent is that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, kind of on a basic level, uh, all of our faculty. Uh, practice their faith and chose to work at a Benedictine school and, and have kind of embraced some of the spirituality. Uh, we have uh, a weekly uh, opportunity where a lot of us will go to the monastery and do uh, noon prayer with the monks or noon mass with the monks. So there's this kind of growth that all of us have uh, undertaken just in terms of our own understanding of Benedictine spirituality and history. And then there are a few other examples. We have uh, one of the monks who teaches for us uh, in the undergraduate program here on campus. Hmm. and. It, it was pretty interesting. Uh, we have a great relationship with both uh, the, the the prioress and the abbot. Uh, so Abbot Isaac, for example, showed up in one of our courses, you know, talking about ministry and youth ministry and spirituality. And he was kind enough to show up and do some video shoots for us and, and kind of help inform some of the classes. And then, you know, there's, there's kind of this great relationship with the sisters as well, where they invite us to some of their professional opportunities or uh, spiritual opportunities. Uh, several of us go and, and speak to the sisters uh, every semester on topics that they're interested in and just want, uh, you know, can you get a theologian to show up and, and share some ideas with us? Uh, so there's there's a really nice working relationship both with the sisters and the uh, and the brothers here, and we just we're, we're definitely enriched as a uh, as an entire campus, but also particularly as a uh, as a, a department of religion having uh, having those two great groups here. Right, <clears throat> very cool. All right. Well, I definitely want to thank you for your time, Dr. Woodard. Uh, I appreciate all the insight and info that you've given. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the St. Leo 360 podcast. Oh, my gosh. It was a pleasure. And it works out well because I've been told in the past I have a face for radio. So this is better than <laughs> showing up on a, on a video for you. So thank you for having me. Sure. Glad we could accommodate. All right. Thank you. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. 
To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877-622-2009 or visit stleo.edu.